Hello, welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan, how's it going? I'm ready to run for the roses, Amy. It is that time of year, isn't it? It is. It is. It's it's Derby weekend, and it's back after the uh, the pandemic forced it away from May last year. Remember they ran it in September, I believe it was? Yes. They ran which, it around, around yeah, September? Yeah, which did not seem right at all. Yeah. So, and see, you lived in Louisville, so I did. You, you have more of a more of a kind of a, a grid for right. Derby weekend. I know it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, I love. You know, it's kind of yeah, and it kind of triggers. Hey, summer's almost here. That's right. that's what it triggers in my mind, and it's also like, hey, don't forget Mother's Day is next weekend, Jonathan. So right. Don't leave yes. your wife and your mom no, out of things. I loved so. I loved Derby weekend in Louisville, and it's it's interesting because everybody else, when you are not in Louisville. Everyone knows the Kentucky Derby is happening and may watch it for that, you know, what, minute and a half or something. But Fastest two minutes in, in sports, Amy. Right. But in Louisville, it's like a two-week thing. So it's a whole... Yeah, it's a big deal. It's, it's a whole part of the, the local culture. And I'm, I miss it every year when I watch the Derby. I miss, you know, the fun. We always went to our neighbor's house and uh, had a... They had a big thing in the backyard and and stuff so it's just a just a lot of fun but yep derby week is kind of like the possum festival in southern georgia or whatever or alabama pick your pick your state that's yes in the south yeah we all have those festivals where we grew up from i grew up with the the strawberry festival we i was i was in the strawberry capital of the world in ponchatoula louisiana right um and did they have anything in in cheatham county amy well robertson county where i am am from is uh they there were several different things that maybe like there was a church that put on a f- kind of a fall f- um it wasn't a festival it was a community it was like a community thing and they all sold lots of baked goods and had silent auctions and things like that that was that was always something that was really that signaled fall and the county fair is a really big deal in Robertson County so you know you got stuff okay all right. Well, hey, this past week was the Catfish Festival over in Paris, Tennessee. Man, I wish I could have been there. Because that's, I only knew that because our church took a senior adult trip over there. As would, senior adult trips, or as senior adult groups do, right? That's right. That's right. But I would totally be down for that, and I would just eat as much catfish as I possibly could. You love some catfish. You do. I do. Okay, hey, do. well, hey, that's enough on catfish and, and horses, but uh, let's jump into the show this week. We do want to thank our sponsor each and every week. Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, where you can get the theological training and the hands-on experience you need to thrive in ministry. Wherever and however God is calling you to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission, Southwestern offers a degree path to equip you. Whether you're pursuing a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, Southwestern Seminary is here to walk alongside you as you live your calling. You can find out more about them at Southwestern's website, swbts.edu. That's swbts.edu. And Amy, uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing them at the annual meeting, and you can hear more from their president, Dr. Adam Greenway, on Wednesday morning of the annual meeting because we have a schedule of business for the annual meeting. That was a great segue you just did there. Excellent well, I, transition. I, I, I did that all on, you know, ad lib. Yes. How about yes. that? So not, now not a you know. At all. Now you know when you can. When you can can see uh, all of the things. So yes, the agenda is up and online. It's important to remember 
that this is a proposed agenda because the agenda is not official until the messengers adopt it on Tuesday morning. Uh, but in general, this is that that's what the Committee on Order of Business does. That's their job throughout the year is to set this up because we have certain things that we have to cover at certain times. So they put this forward and then it gives the messengers something to say, yes, let's do that. So this is the proposed agenda and uh, it, it's, it is packed, but it looks good. Yes. And, and it's very familiar, I will say, uh, for those of you who've been to annual meeting the last few years, Following along in those same patterns, we got the joint seminary report that I mentioned earlier. That's on Wednesday morning. Uh, we'll go through it real quick. Uh, the Tuesday morning, you've got uh, crossover stuff. You've got the executive committee part one. You've got Guidestone and the president's address. I mean, that's and, and the North American Mission Board as well. So kind of the standard stuff for Tuesday morning. Tuesday afternoon, we have all the elections. We have the committee on resolutions has been moved. There's two parts of committee on resolutions this year, a part one and a part two. So do be sure to check that out. IMB report on Tuesday afternoon, as well as, like I said, all the elections. So uh, that's the big part of the Tuesday afternoon section there. And the executive committee will be giving their big report on Vision 2025 on Tuesday afternoon. That's an executive committee report part two. On Tuesday in morning and afternoon session, there are times for messengers to make motions as well. On Wednesday morning, I mentioned the joint seminary report that's coming Wednesday morning, as well as the Committee on Nominations and Committee on Committees reports and the convention sermon. Willie Rice scheduled to give that sermon this year for the convention sermon. That's at 1115 on Wednesday morning. Always a highlight. On Wednesday afternoon, you've got a panel for GoTo, which is the uh, kind of the two-year program for NAM and IMB, uh, really giving that and elevating that, giving that a good spot and ele really elevating that and giving it a, a, you know, kind of some mainstream uh, push there on Wednesday afternoon. As well as uh, in the afternoon, you've got reports from the ERLC, LifeWay, and the WMU. So scheduled to start each day, 8 a.m., Amy. So bring your coffee, get there early, get your seat, and enjoy the ride. And uh, we're ending on Tuesday at 6.30 and Wednesday at 5 o'clock. So an early right. close on That's Wednesday. Right. And this is the moment for my public service announcement that I, uh, one of the questions I regularly get from folks is, how do I know when I should be in the hall? Like, how do I look at this agenda and know when I should be in there? And here's my answer. You should be in there the whole time. Yes. All day. I, I am hardcore about this and everybody laughs when I say it, but still, that's my moment for public service announcement. Uh, have your, you know, have your water bottle, have what you need, find a seat and we're going to be in there, there the whole time. So should you, oh, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. No, uh, I really do because I believe, uh, first of all, everything that is, is up there, you got two days that the convention is in session. That's the moment to hear and learn about all that is going on. You don't want to miss a minute of it. And then there are votes spread throughout. And decisions are made by those who show up, and you can't show up unless you're in the room. So my recommendation is always be in the room. Now, yes. I guess there could well, be some, here's a good moment to go if you got to run to the restroom, something like that. You, you can kind of break that down, but don't plan to leave. Yes, but like you said, talking about the votes, I know I said that elections and everything are on Tuesday afternoon, and people think, oh, well, that's all I'm coming to vote for. No, there's a lot of things happening. There's votes in every single session it, you know some some of it may just be approvals of like a hand raised thing or 
there will be likely a vote in every single session because you've got previously scheduled business parts on Wednesday in both of those sessions. So we never know what's going to wind up in those. I mean, I'm just thinking, remember in 2018 when we were in Dallas, we had stuff going on almost all the way up until the end. And you've got votes and ballot votes and all kind of stuff going on. That's so right. And here's we, fi- we need to be ready. Final reminder, because I was telling someone on our staff uh, the this week. That, telling them to be in the room too, right? Oh, absolutely. Yes. But when you have <laughs> situations, particularly with elections that have more than one candidate, which we have a, a couple of those right now, and you have a runoff, they ask, well, if there's a runoff, when will the runoff be? And I said, the exact moment that the results have been read and we go into a runoff, what will happen is the registration secretary, Don Currents, will come and read the results of the election. If no one has reached 50%, he will say, and, and then there will be a runoff between these two candidates. Take out your ballots. So that's... And then there will be another vote and no, neither one right. of those will get 50% and we'll have to do it again. This is that moment where I would have said... No, that would never happen, except those of us who were there in 2016 recognize, yes, it can happen. So um, anyway, it's it's just good to remember that you, you should be there, you know, and sometimes it runs ahead of schedule. And if it does, then we keep going to the next thing. So this is, sometimes this it is runs a behind good, schedule. but this is a good, uh, a, a good order for you to, to be able to look at. And then also to remember that messengers do vote on this on Tuesday morning. And so it's the, it, this is one of your first pieces of business delivered to you that you will get to speak on, uh, in Absolutely. that moment. One of the reports that messengers will be voting on at the annual meeting will be the committee on nominations report, which was released this week. So the Committee on Nominations has released both the 2020 and 2021 slate of trustee appointments. Remember, last year's meeting being canceled, that meant the Committee on Nominations had to do last year's and this year's because those trustees did not roll off and those trustees were not put on to the boards last year, the ones that were coming on in 2020. So they'll be put on in 2021 and uh, their terms will still expire in 2024. So they're not going to get an extra year of service. Their their terms will stay. That's right. As planned. Yeah, we keep, we got to keep that staggered, you know. Yeah. Setup. Well, but also yes. they were they were nominated to replace people in 2020, and that three year right. term would be would be filled in 2024. So, that's correct. Uh, so that's done. So that entire list, and um, we're not going to go over that list here on the podcast because we don't want this to be a four hour podcast. That's right. Uh, no but reason. But it is it is all available. For you yes. over at Baptist Press. And it, it is lengthy because, again, two years worth of people, about 150 names yeah. across the board here. And it's just a lot going here. It's a lot. And it's always important to remember, as every year, this is the first release from the Committee yes. on Nominations. But they will have a final report that will be in the bulletin on, I guess, Wednesday morning. because Wednesday. they're Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. because because it's the report of that day. So the bulletin will list the things that, that are coming in, in business that day that are not already in the book of reports. That daily bulletin is going to be like 113 pages. Yeah, because it'll be a long report. But just remember, so if there are spots that they are still working to fill, or if if a, a vacancy pops up between now and then on one of the boards, or if a vacancy pops up on, on one of these, if something changes... Um, because someone can't serve, they they will do that. So that final report will be in the bulletin, but this is sort of the first round and opportunity because it gives messengers an opportunity to see it uh, with several days out 
from the convention. So that's that's always important to remember that this is the sort of first round. So first round, a lot of changes probably will be made to this. And, and not because the committee can change it, but people right. get nominated and then things happen. Life happens right. between now and June 15th. And there's some other spots that weren't be able to be filled at the deadline and right. they may be filled later. And, right. and it's good to note, those will be denoted. As yes, it, it, there'll, there'll be a this. mark. There will be a, a, an, a mark in the bulletin to say this is something that was added or different. Because the other thing that can happen is anyone who is on a board right now that moves or has to resent that, that could happen in the next yeah. 45 days and yeah. has happened, existing board yep. members. So any Every of those, year. yes. So any of those, uh, anything that is an update. In the final report in the bulletin, we'll have a notation. So you'll be able to compare it with this list. Yes. All right. And, and one of the people who will be helping with this list is John Yates. And he is Man, you the got some good, recording you got some secretary. Good, good hey, transitions today. I've got very, it all figured out this week. All right. Yeah, I, this there week, you go. I'm, I'm on my game. So That's John right. Yates, he's the recording secretary for the Southern Baptist Convention. And he will be nominated again for another term by Jonathan Hayashi. That's right. He has served. So John Yates has served 23 terms as recording secretary, and he will be renominated uh, in Nashville. So this is one of those uh, announcements we we hear every you know we hear every year. <laughs> yes. So here it is. Um, but uh, but Jonathan Hayashi will will be nominating him. Talks about him having a unique set of skills for that that post that. I didn't even know this. I never even realized this later. But John Yates did uh, his doctoral dissertation at Midwestern was on the history, role, and responsibilities of the SBC recording secretary. So he knows the job. Absolutely. And uh, a couple of other notes before we move on from annual meeting. But there's a couple of things. So we got a story at Baptist Press this week about crossover and some just more details, how that's going to be altered for the pandemic. Again, if you're interested in crossover, North American Mission Board, as well as the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, they're putting those on and really working with local churches. So there's some information about that in the article here about crossover. So a big thing going on the week before leading up to the annual meeting. It's our evangelistic outreach to the local area. So I know our church is doing some stuff. I mean, it's going to be a, a great week and a great opportunity for Southern Baptists really to reach Nashville. And then also, we mentioned it on last week's podcast, but this past Monday, hotels opened up in the downtown area for you to kind of move those hotels if you want to do so uh, into the downtown area. So you've got downtown hotels that are open in Nashville. You've got opportunities to change your reservations if needed. Many of you, I know, have probably already done that. So if that's the case, you're good. If not and you want to do that, there's still some opportunity and some availability to do that. We're adding hotels almost every day in the downtown area as they become available to us. So I think that's it for our annual meeting stuff right now. we got a lot to talk about in the annual meeting. We'll do a bigger and more full preview episode later in the month, or actually next month, I guess, late in May. So around Memorial Day, we usually drop that. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Some other news from around Georgia, actually. We have two stories from Georgia this week. Friend of the pod, Roger Alford. Named the editor of the Christian Index. Yes. Yeah, so Roger would be known a lot to Kentucky Baptists. He was the founding yeah. editor of Kentucky Today, which is the online newspaper that serves Kentucky Baptists. And so it's been very successful, um, had 1.8 million page views last year. So he knows what he's doing uh, with this. And as we know, the Christian Index is now 
uh, delivered online. So this is, is really something that he, that, that is in his area of expertise. And so in that way, it's, it's not a super surprising, you know, announcement because it really, it really fits. And, uh, I think that's, that's very exciting. So Thomas Hammond, you know, said that his experience in media has uniquely prepared him for the role and he's going to be ready to take, you know, kind of an innovative approach. And the Christian Index has been around for a very, very long time. It was founded in 1822. So a lot of history there. And Roger, yeah. Roger, you're 200 next year, huh? That's right. That's right. So Roger Offord really gets to, to help bring it into kind of the next season of a more technological age. Yeah, so congratulations to Roger on that. Some other news from the Georgia Baptist Building. Roger won't be officing in the Georgia Baptist Building, Amy. That's right. Because That's right. they have be an sold. agreement to sell that thing. Yes. So the Georgia Baptist Missions and Ministry Center will be sold within the next year. They have a contract, and that was announced on Monday, April the 26th. So uh, just some, I know uh, Georgia Baptist, if they listen to this, they know that's kind of been an ongoing thing. Right. Over the past decade or so, some discussions have come and gone about that. And I think Thomas Hammond, he kind of made that clear earlier this year and some last year that they were looking to sell that and they have found a buyer. That's so, right. Uh, they're going through all the, the legal hoops now. Yes. And, you know, I've never been to their building, to the Georgia Baptist Missions and Ministry Center. Same. But I have to tell you, every time we do uh, have done a story on this, on, on what they were doing with the building, that picture is so pretty. It's a beautiful building. So I would love to... Uh, uh, I would love to see it, but it looks like I'm probably not going to get the chance to, at least not while it's the Georgia Baptist Missions and Ministry Center. Unless unless you bought it. It, it wasn't you that bought it. Was it was not it? me. It was not oh, okay. me. So, right. yeah. Well, you could yeah, have donated really, it to Southeastern and they could have, you know, like Keith could have had an office there and then you could have. Sure. Something. Yeah. No? We could have tried okay. that. Yeah. Yeah. But no, right, I didn't. Well, I didn't do that. Okay. So. All right. Well, congratulations to Georgia Baptist. I know that that's something that they've been looking to do for a while, and Thomas Hammond got it done down there in Georgia. That's going to do it for our news this week. Amy, bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right, we're going to go to 1964 to a little news, little, little announcement that got my attention because it's certainly an area of interest for me, and also will get your attention because of a trip you went on this past week. So you went to... Um, trying to think, where did I go? Yeah, so you went to Anaheim because oh, right. you were checking out the the 2022 site. And yep. while you were there, before you came home, you visited California Baptist University, I did. right? I did. Yeah. And it was spectacular. Yes. Yes. So you talked about how great the campus is, everything there in, in It's Riverside. amazing, y'all. Yes. It, well, it, I, yeah. Yes. Oof. Well, in 1964, on May the 1st, California Baptist College, because it wasn't university at that time, announced that they would be awarding an honorary doctorate uh, as, as an honor, an honorary doctor of humane letters to... As opposed to inhumane letters. Right, right. They would be, honor, they would be honoring, in that way, former President Herbert Hoover. Whoa. Yeah. So this like hits both of us. I was right. at Cal Baptist this week. Right. You as love soon, presidents. As soon as I saw it, I knew this is the story. Now, the perfect story for this week. That's right. Now, they this was going to be their 11th commencement. It was scheduled for later in the month. The, Herbert Hoover was not going to be able to make the trip because he was in New York. He was older. As a matter of fact, he died later that year. He died in October of 1964. And this is like 30 years after he was the president. You know, almost, uh, 
I guess, around 30 years, something like that. Yes, he was in office until 1933. So this is like 30, he, he, he spent 30 years as a post president. And this was a, a, an opportunity really to honor him. His grandson, Herbert Hoover III, was going to go, he, he was going to go to, to do it. So they were recognizing him for his lifelong interest in and contributions to small colleges, especially in the early days of the Council for the Advancement of Small Colleges. And I just thought that was really cool and interesting. And, you know, so much of that era is, is really focused on the history of the Great Depression and then the Second World War. And so Franklin Roosevelt obviously gets a lot of attention of historians. And we haven't really, we don't really talk that much about Herbert Hoover, especially post-presidency. Um, but here was a news item in Baptist Press about him because one of our state schools was honoring him for what he had done for small colleges. And so, just like you were at California Baptist, just like I love presidential history, uh, we were talking about President Herbert Hoover at California Baptist this week in SBC history. That's really cool. He's got great vacuums, too. Yeah. I Yeah. Sorry. I had to. Okay. Uh, yeah. So Cal Baptist, the trip out there, uh, you mentioned it. I'm just going to take a second. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. A hidden gem. In the SBC, to many of us who who really aren't aware of what's going on on the West Coast, wow, yeah, twelve thousand students, NCAA Division One athletics. They don't have football, but they have everything else. Basically, they have water polo, men's and women's. Amy, you should That's you should cool. give water polo a shot. No, I no, I don't, I don't think. Not, yeah, not no. not something for you. Okay, no, uh, you probably still have some eligibility left. Yeah, so, so here's here's a little piece of history or a little piece of trivia. Margaret Hoover, that a lot of people might know, she, she's a political commentator, conservative political commentator okay. that is on a lot of stuff, has some interview shows. She actually even interviewed his great-granddaughter, and she even interviewed SBC President J.D. Greer a few years ago. So it was like way pre-pandemic, but a few years ago, right, maybe right after he had become president or in the first year, something like that, she did something on the SBC. That's his great-granddaughter. Wow. Which I just think it's cool, and I'm sure she's very uh, she she's probably very skilled and smart in her political commentary of today. But if I were to sit down and talk to her, I would not even care about what all she had to say about today. I would just want to hear about her family. And uh, she was born, you know, after he had died in 1964. She was born in 77. But um, I would I would be one to ask her all about. Tell me about your great absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. But that's kind of interesting because a lot of folks may watch her and don't know that. All right. Well, makes sense. I mean, with the name and all. So. Right. All right. Well, very cool. And um, again, California Baptist, check it out. It's it's amazing. I was blown away. Um, I mean, I knew it was good. I'd never been there. And it, it was pretty spectacular. All right. So that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? My resource of the week is an article that is in Baptist Press by Scott Barkley, because I had to do this one. This is for my family. Um, the title is The Community That Helped Build Trevor Lawrence. So uh, big news in the Whitfield house last night, which actually we, uh, Keith and I are on the road this weekend. My mom is, is hanging with the kids. And so big news where they were calling us because uh, Trevor Lawrence from Clemson was selected number one draft pick overall by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, 
Trevor grew up at Tabernacle Baptist Church in Cartersville, Georgia. Now, we've talked about this on the podcast before because he was on a list that I do at the end of every year about the 10 most fascinating Southern Baptists. So I actually have had Trevor on the list before, but there's a great article that just talks about the uh, kind of experience of his family and then how the church really, really shaped them. It talks a lot. um, It it talks a lot about Trevor's life and just kind of the the side of church life uh, for him. So very cool. It was a lot of celebration for the Whitfield last night about, number one draft pick overall. And so I wanted to share this article. Scott did a great job on it. All right. Well, very cool. And yeah, it, it was uh, Scott you know, in the Cartersville area. So he sees, you know, like he, he talked about how to go to the grocery store and there's Trevor in the grocery store or whatever uh, the last few years. So he's, yeah. he's kind of grown up around it and watching that happen, you know, in that s- somewhat small town, Cartersville, Georgia. So very cool. All right. My resource of the week is the National Day of Prayer. I kind of talked about this last week. Uh, but that is coming up this week on May 6th. So big national day of prayer, big thing for Southern Baptists and evangelicals and just Christians around the country, really. But the national day of prayer is happening this Thursday, May 6th. There's a couple of different options that you have to, to participate in that. I know a lot of local churches maybe do an online, some do an in-person gatherings for the national day of prayer. Our church, I think, is doing an online thing. And uh, we're also doing something at the executive committee uh, internally there. And with our EC members as well as our staff. So the National Day of Prayer, May the 6th, check out a local gathering or you got a couple of options online for national gatherings. Pray.com's doing something on the National Day of Prayer as well as the National Day of Prayer site. So they're doing something online as well over at the official site for the National Day of Prayer. Uh, some people involved in both of those. So you just be a, a good time of prayer and a good day uh, just to pray for our nation, pray for a lot of things we um, have a prayer guide that we're releasing next week about the National Day of Prayer. Uh, it's actually released on this Friday. Um, so uh, you've got that online. It's in the first person from Dr. Floyd about the National Day of Prayer. That'll be online today on this Friday. So uh, you've got a prayer guide if you want to use that. You've got local and you know online gatherings for you as well. So uh, just be a part of the National Day of Prayer coming up on Thursday, May 6th. All right. All right. That's going to do it for our show this week, Amy. It's uh, it's been a, a wild week, man. It's, it's crazy to think that I've been to California and back, and got all this other stuff going on with the annual meeting here and in Anaheim. So Anaheim's going to be a good one, Amy. Uh, really neat little layout there with the hotels right up next to the convention center. So uh, should be a really a really fun time in right. Anaheim next year. So uh, it's it's going to be good. So looking forward to that, but also looking forward to Nashville. Uh, like we said earlier in the show, you need to be in the room because decisions are made by those who show up. That's right. So we'll see you next week, Amy. See you next week. See you next week.